Hey mamas, it's time to rise and grind. It's me, Brittany, and I'm back with Christian Mom Uncensored, the podcast where I dive into all the real, raw, unfiltered mommy struggles and all the things from marriage to raising babies to making decisions to leaps of faith to trials and tribulations, you know it all. Thanks so much for stopping by this Thursday. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. With an AirPod in my ear, a baby um, strapped to my chest, and my work in front of me, I am recording this podcast, and it's definitely um, hard, guys. I'm feeling pretty defeated, but nonetheless, we have a lot to cover. So just to talk a little bit about the differences between men and women. Um, my husband always tells me, you're always thinking about something. You're always worried about something. You don't know how to shut your brain off. And then I think about what, about, you know, like how that is. And he always says like, I'm not like you. I don't think like that. I do one thing at a time. I solve one problem at a time. So I can't take it if your world is imploding and you have 99 issues, I need to know where to start. And I realized that when dealing with issues um, that me and my husband face or whatever, we have to tackle things differently. But then I also realized that he has to learn to like let me have my, my moments because of the way as women we're conditioned in the way that we naturally have to be. I realized it um, in my first week back to work where I am holding a baby, I'm drinking coffee, I'm running between typing a notice in a case and flipping an egg on the pan. And then I'm looking around the room and I'm seeing toys. So I'm stopping to pick up toys or, and I realized that my mind is going from here to here to here to here because there's a long list of things that need to get done and I have to somehow do them all. And as women, we're multitaskers, right? And it's because we we have to be able to watch the kids and make dinner and do our jobs and, you know, whatever. And I believe, I fully believe that it's an evolutionary thing that when we were like cave people, we were having babies, right? And making sure dinosaurs weren't eating us or whatever. So like we're having babies, we're collecting berries in the woods maybe, and we're looking out for predators. So from the beginning, while like watching our kids be babies and do what babies do, even in the stone era, era. so I feel like from the, the beginning of time, pretty much we've had to be multitaskers. While as the men, their one task was to go hunt, right? To go get the food. And so... That's why I think, I mean, this is just me theorizing that we're different because they had to get up and go hunt, bring back the meal and protect when they got back. Whereas we are, you know, okay, let's go make some clothes and let's go gather water. Oh, but what's the baby doing? Baby can't drown in the water. Oh, and there's might be predators. So let me have my eyes peeled and ears perked, even though, you know, we're not like dogs, but you know, we have our ears like, hmm, listening around for, for danger. And then we get to, you know, modern times and we're still kind of like, hmm, what's going on here? What am I looking for? Um, is the baby crying? Is 
my two-year-old doing what she's supposed to do. I need to be making dinner. I need to be folding the laundry now. And like, it's a lot. We're expected to do so much. And I'm really exhausted. And working adds an extra layer of stress. I thought it would be fine, but I didn't account for the fact that when I wasn't working, if Elliot's fussy, I can get up, I can rock, I can bounce, I can stop what I'm doing, focus on why he's fussy, figure out is it his belly, is he tired, is he hungry? Now it's like, okay, shove a boob in your mouth, are you hungry? Nope, okay, um, let's start rocking while I'm trying to work, and as soon as I lay you down, if your sister wakes you up, well, that. Before, it would just be like an annoying process, like, don't wake up your brother, I just got him down. Um, But ultimately, I had time to just go ahead and start the process over. Now it's like, I just got your brother down, and I'm really trying to hop on the work. And it's really hard. And I'm really, really tired. I'm really tired, guys. So before we get into some serious, more serious topics for today, um... Let's just chat about mom life. So I have become addicted to TikTok and I am going to tell you, I know I'm late to the game, but I'm not ashamed of that. I, for one, like just didn't get onto TikTok till just recently. And um, I did some dances. I like was playing around with it, trying to figure out like what my niche is going to be. Niche or niche? What do you guys say? I say niche and then sometimes I say niche. So I don't really know. Um, but my niche was going to be on TikTok and, um, I made, I posted a video that was like, I don't know how all you moms have time to learn all these dance moves and to look really good on TikTok. Because when I have time, like I could, for instance, like hold a baby and like watch a dance over and over and over again and kind of get it. Like I'm rhythmically, musically, not even musically, cause I can't like sing but I can dance and I can pick up on dance really quick so watch it a couple times boom I got it well um I was watching but I was saying like even if I have five seconds to do the TikTok I don't have time to look cute in it and um one of the moms messaged me and was like or commented and was like well our kids are much older you have really little babies I was like yeah I have a two-year-old and a 12-week-old or I think he was like 10 weeks at the time And she was like, yeah, of course, no wonder you don't have time for like a good shower. Like in a couple years, like you'll have time, trust me. And I was like, thank you. That makes me feel so good. However, I don't want to wait a couple years for a long shower. (laughs) Like that sounds miserable. So anyway, in any event, it's just so funny how as moms we have, there's things you don't realize that you're giving up when you have a kid. And one of them for me, obviously, was the fact that you can't really shower like uh, like alone and mm, maybe not even that often and that's kind of a hard situation but I think I remembered with Mia uh, I would just take the bouncer in and take a shower Um, but I didn't remember is that it wasn't a very long shower. So I'm doing the same thing with Elliot, but it's still like not that long of a shower. I've gotten away with it if he falls asleep in the bath, but during the week, my schedule, now that I'm working guys, it's insane. I will, I have a 9.45 AM break from 9.45 to 10. And I will literally like run upstairs with the baby and the bouncer, put him in shower real quick, get dressed, put on some skincare, run back down and get on the computer. And it's like 15 minutes to get showered and dressed every day. And 
I know that might not seem like too bad, but it it's like, well, there goes one of my breaks and then my next break at lunch. I've started making dinner at lunch because of the afternoons. Okay, so Ethan's working from home. I'm working from home. Um, Mia's playroom is basically in the basement. She has all her toys, her play kitchen, her pretend grocery cart, her Play-Doh station, her Lego table, all of it's downstairs. So in the morning, Ethan will get Mia up. I'll make her breakfast and she'll come into the main floor where our kitchen and living room and dining room are and have breakfast, hang out for a little bit, and then go downstairs and do like playing, 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 playing. And then she'll have lunch and then she'll nap all downstairs. Then when she wakes up, she'll come back upstairs. So she's usually up from her nap like 2.30, between 2.30 and 3.30, depending on when she goes down. Um, And then I have her and Elliot for the remainder of the day. And then Ethan gets off of work typically around 6. So from like 3 to 6, I have her. And then in the morning, he has her. And then I have her at breakfast. So we kind of just kind of switch off, you know, the child. But it... (laughs) I just feel like in the afternoon, you know, if Elliot's crying and wants to cuddle, I've just been working. I just want to cuddle. If Mia wants to do a craft or something, I want to do that. I don't want to tell her that she has to wait because I'm cooking dinner when I feel like she's been waiting for me all day. So I start cooking dinner at lunchtime because typically she'll eat lunch. I can kind of eat while I cook and it just requires a lot of mom multitasking. So for any of you mamas who are working from home and have littles, tell me about your mom multitasking because it's a lot like to do on a day-to-day basis. Um, I sound happy right now um, and it's for right now, but later I'll probably will be stressed. But yeah, just sharing that tidbit. So... Uh, I didn't really fight with my husband, but I did get really annoyed with him all day because (laughs) you know how I was talking about how we like multitaskers. So here comes Friday and I'm trying to figure out what we're going to have for dinner. I had meal prepped for the whole week, but we ended up using like part of my meal prep for one meal for another meal. And then I wasn't sure what to make on Friday for dinner. And so I like at lunchtime was like, I guess I'll like ground, like brown some meat. And so he brought up the meat from the downstairs fridge. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to think about what we're going to make. I was looking around like we didn't have spaghetti sauce. I, I was intent on making spaghetti with meat sauce. And I was like, okay, so now I don't know. I was like, do we have any diced tomatoes? No, I can't make my own sauce. So I was like, babe, what should I make? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, can you think? And he was like, I don't know. So then I just got annoyed. And I just came up with um, like... um mongolian beef and i was like maybe i can make that because we did have all the ingredients for that we have rice we have green beans so i was like okay we can do that and i was just like mad because i felt like i've had to think about a million and one things today and every day and every time i ask you something it's i don't know does anybody else like have that problem like who can relate So before we get down to business about more serious topics, I just want to tell you guys how my first week of work went. So it was hard, guys. I mean, like a lot of, I'm probably cried every single day um, for one reason or another. Like either I was 
stressed because I was trying to get Elliot to go to sleep, but I knew that I still had to process some cases or I felt like I wasn't spending enough time with Mia um, one day and then I know like another day I just felt like a bad mom. And it's just as I look back on the week and I look about, you know, everything that I overcame this week, like Elliot's laundry is clean, folded and put away. Um, everyone was fed three times a day. Um, it's just little things where you have to say, yeah, I triumphed. And then at the end of every day, I did make a concentrated effort to do something fun with Mia. Um, so for instance, uh, as I record this little part of the podcast, it's Friday. And after my mom was over most of the day, which was helpful, um, so today was probably the only day I didn't cry. Actually, no, I got mad. I didn't cry. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But um, at the end of the day, we painted. We painted little hearts, and it was fun. And um, then yesterday, which was Thursday, as I'm talking about this part of the segment, um, we went to the park. And I'm telling you, that day was hard. Ethan was like, you look exhausted. I do you want me to get buy you dinner like you just seem like you can't do it and he did end up buying us dinner on Thursday night because I was just like over it and done and um but despite the fact that I had cried all morning that I had shuffled through cases we went to the park for a couple well probably for an hour I won't say a couple hours came home um I had to hop in the shower. Elliot was tired. I was trying to put him down and me had to take a bath, but we survived the week. And it just reminded me that like as mamas, we are super human and um, I'm still trying to give myself grace for the next week. Um, next week as well, because it is still kind of a really big adjustment. I'm thankful that I am home with my babies. Um, so that's a good thing. But it's hard. And then honestly, it just sucks on so many levels sometimes being a mom. Cause I just was like looking in the mirror and I was like, man, I'd really like to start a good workout routine. And then I just had to say, you know what? That's not realistic right now. That might not be realistic until the end of March when you're getting ready to leave. Like that's when it will become realistic because right now your days you don't have time to clean the house cook do work do self-care like none of that stuff so <laughs> the way I look is the way I'm gonna look until March and then I can get really really serious and sometimes you just have to accept that you can't meet all your goals you literally can't do everything at one time like there has to be a priority and something I'm really really proud of is that despite how tired I am at the end of the day um, I will always think about things that will make my kids happy. I always put my kids first. I always, um, so I'm usually off work by three o'clock, two thirty, three o'clock. Um, and after that, my phone's down. Uh, my phone is not in my hand. I'm not on TikTok or Instagram or anything until they're asleep for the night. Then I get my time to scroll on TikTok. But before then I am playing and I am engaging and I'm making tons of I like something that's really important to me might be a little weird but with Elliot it's just to make so much eye contact and to just see his smile and 
no matter how tired I am, I'm going to make sure that Elliot gets his nighttime story. Depending on where Mia is in the house, she may get it. Sometimes she's running around on the main floor. Sometimes she's in the basement. Sometimes I just don't know. She may be with her dad, but if she is upstairs with me, she's going to get this nighttime story. And it's just a reminder, mamas, like we are strong. <sighs> Give yourself grace. Okay. So this week, um, on Monday, we celebrated um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, and we're off. And it feels like I cannot be with this week's podcast. Elliot's on my lap, my lap, so you might hear him. Um, I feel like I cannot, and as a woman of color, um, a black woman of color, I should address what's going on in our nation but I don't want to just talk about like the political divide and um this is right this is wrong this is bad this is good I want to talk more so about um why some things are good why some things are bad and um, kind of explain that and then I also just want to talk about um how we can have conversations with our kids about race um Uh what I've been doing with Mia she's two um, which isn't that much, but still, and um, how that's going, and um, just like how important it is to have open, honest dialogue with your kids. And please, Elliot, don't be sad. We got a podcast. Let's get to it. So, starting off with, um, for those who don't know, if you're just tuning into the podcast, um, my family is a mix of. Like, we are a biracial family. I'm black, my husband's white. Our kids are white presenting, which just means, if you don't know what that means, which I guess it's kind of an obvious statement, is they look white. Like, um, Mia has dirty blonde hair and blue eyes, and Elliot is still a baby. Like, he could, I I always say, like, darken up. Um, He could get, you know, more dark. He could become more tan. I don't know. But um, he has gray eyes, and his dad has, like, gray eyes as well so for the most part I feel like sometimes they look blue but they're not really blue um and so and then I am like pretty tan I always say like I'm a good like um car- like burnt caramel color <laughs> I don't know how to describe my skin tone but yeah I'm like light-skinned black woman so it's fine um and so we have a biracial family and so interestingly we're living in a county that is very white um, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. We just, we used to live in a county that was very black again, which was fine. Nothing wrong with that. We moved only because, um, one, we liked the house that we found, um, and two, the school system was really good. And, um, three, one of the organizations I work for is literally right at the street. Um, and like a lot of good things, are. Um, like really like the number one school system in Maryland so like obviously I'm gonna go to the number one for my kids um and we'll have a whole nother episode where we talk about schooling because and like deciding on what to do with school with your kids because it is kind of hard and um tricky so with everything going on in America and with the fact that I have mixed race kids it's apparent that I'm going to be having racial conversations in my household pretty regularly very often however um especially with everything that's going on right now in our climate I know um my husband has been on the phone a lot talking to his mom um one of our our 
best friends our kids godfather about it he's black and also like me and him are gonna have conversations about it because how can you not talk about what's going on um typically when it comes to uh politics and things like that he and i fall on a very similar line i'm a little more extreme one way than he is he's more moderate than i am but for the most part in our household it is pretty symbiotic we are happy I'm hoping that Elliot's like babbling isn't too much because he's just having a ball right now um, playing. But because we have um, biracial kids entering a school system, potentially, not sure. They're still not quite old enough to be going into an actual school system. So I don't know if we'll continue to live in this county. There's... um, I don't know. I mean, like, one of the reasons we moved here is the school system. However, this isn't our forever home, so... I don't know if like the really important years if we'll be here or not, but regardless, we have a lot to discuss with our kids about race. And I feel like it's going to be quite interesting to see like the questions they have and the things they have and um all of all of that kind of kind of stuff. Um but whether your kids are like straight white, straight black, straight whatever um, although no one is straight, whatever, that's not a thing, just ancestry DNA, everyone's a little mixed up in there, um, it's important to have conversations about race, and even, like, differences, and my household is, like, a jackpot household, because we're a biracial household, Ethan wears glasses, I don't, so, like, some of the things that you know, kids are different about. Mia's never going to be like, what are glasses? You know, like, because she, her dad wears glasses. I don't. So, you know, she knows like some people wear glasses. Some people don't have to wear glasses. She might be, take after her mother and want glasses, even though like I don't need them. But that's beside the point. So we're going to have these conversations and some, um, let me get into the specifics of those conversations. Um, Oh, Elliot's playing. I can't get over, like, how big he's getting. Okay. Anyway. So, the other day, I was sitting with Mia, and um, I asked her, what color am I? And she said, you're brown. And then I asked her, what color are you? And she did not know how to answer it. And I said, hmm, I think you're kind of cream. Because I don't want her walking around being, like, I'm white and just, like, saying that. Not that it's a bad thing or anything, um at all I just just, that's just not really what the objective was the objective was for her to see like oh I'm this way you're that way um but we're all like a happy family and it's fine and just to like introduce those differences before she like points it out and has a question and gets confused or has like a weird contact with it so like I felt like if I positively introduced the notion of people are different shapes and colors and all the things then like whenever compared to kids who just kind of stumble upon differences I thought she would handle it better again I don't really know what I'm doing I you know in terms of parenting in general it's all trial and error and we're all going to make mistakes but that's just how I decided to do it so I'm like you're cream and then I I was holding Elliot and I was like well what color is Elliot and she goes cream and I'm like okay what color is daddy and she says cream and I said but that's okay we're all happy family I'm your mommy daddy is your daddy and Elliot's your brother. And she goes, yeah. And she didn't really care that much about the conversation. Honestly, she was trying to talk to me about the bubble guppies while I was talking about it. But regardless, I wanted her to to understand like 
we're different, but we're a family, like, you know, it's fine. Now she's two, it's a pretty big concept, right? Like race is a pretty big concept to grasp. However, um, like I previously shared, um, Mia's more like two and a half. And when I was a nanny, um, I was babysitting for a white family and the little girl was three years old and she was looking at me saying, you're brown, you're dirty, yuck. And I didn't want Mia to like ever associate that in her life and like she might never have thought like something like that and this is nothing wrong it's not like the little girl was mean or intentional or her parents were like saying that um it's just like something she thought so again because of that experience I just wanted Mia to to know like people look different and you know brown to color people are and I think she because like she comes from a, a family um, where we are all, um, brown, not all of us, you know, like on my side that she won't really have that question or feeling, but if your child is living in an all white area, for instance, and your whole family is white. So like, Hey, Hey, my fellow white listeners, this is just like a little, maybe an idea, a suggestion. I don't know. Um, to make it not uncomfortable for people of color, they may come across one day, um, having that conversation of, hey, yeah, this is fine. And even if you're like, hey, your friend Jackie's brown, right? Yeah, and you're white. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, maybe you don't have to introduce that notion, but before kids say things that are like mean, that's what that was my point. Before some kid could say something to Mia, I wanted it to be instilled to her that, hey, so, you know, you're mixed and it's fine like from a young age like young like that's my mom no no questions asked no doubts um because I do worry about like what kids will say as we get older and um all of the other things so that was just one kind of conversation we talked about glasses hey daddy wears glasses and I don't that's okay um here Elliot he is having the time of his life on his little play gym um, and, um, so that was just a conversation that we had, but, um, the reason why you want to talk to your kids about race is a lot of us in the past have felt like having a conversation about it is bringing, is pointing out the differences, right? And we want, you know, kids, you know, they play and they love and they make friends blindly. It's not until someone corrects, corrupts them that they go, oh, I can't be your friend or whatever. Like, you know, racism is not innate. Like we're not born racist. You know what I mean? So some people are like, should I even point those things out to my kids? I don't want them to I don't know, only be friends with people that look like them or whatever, whatever, whatever. But the point is that your kid is going to come across, I hope, um, kids from all walks of life, from all different backgrounds. And I would hope that your kid has the cognitive ability to recognize the differences but move past it. And sometimes the only way to do that is to have conversations about it and, um, you just don't want your kid to be that one that said the thing or did the thing, right? And I'm not talking about, like, political correctness or, like, all these other things. I'm talking about just being normal. Like, I would hate it if in another world, Mia walked up to someone and was like, that's not your mommy. She doesn't look like you. Like, imagine how hurtful that is for a kid to hear. I would hate for my kid to be um, someone to say something like that. And the only reason why... 
um, I've thought about these things is because I have a biracial family. And if I had married like inside my race, I would for sure still be having serious racial conversations. Um, they would just maybe look a little different, but probably not that much different. Um, so this isn't like an attack, but it is a suggestion. There are lots and lots and lots of books. And I will say this too, about how to introduce the notion of race, how to um, talk to your kids about, um, that and like, you know, you don't have to talk about like the political unrest that's going on in America, especially if they're like five years old, like there's no reason for a five-year-old to know that. Now, if they're like 10, 11, 12, getting older and they're obviously are hearing this stuff now, you know, it might be a good time to have conversations about what's going on, but, um, I don't think that's like necessary to do from like a little, little, for little, little people. Um, but ignoring the fact that race exists is not really the answer because one, you want to celebrate differences and two, you can't deny that there's differences. Now I'm not gonna really be talking about it a whole bunch with Mia, right? I just pointed that out, our differences and said, yeah, we're a family and leaving it that. And that's the end of our conversation for now. We're not going to be talking about this every day. Like, I'm not trying to drill it into her head like that. But occasionally, just have a little conversation about it and keep it moving. Um, we're not really interacting out in the world, but we were at the park yesterday. And we, you know, did see some kids. And it was fine. I was super, I always get super pumped when I see other biracial kids. And it's, like, nothing wrong with, like, regular kids. I don't, they're not even regular, but you know what I mean. Um... But I'm just like, oh, yes, especially when I'm in my county. I'm like, yes, if you go to school, you might see them and it's okay. It just brings me like a weird sense of peace, which I guess it really shouldn't. But um, so as we continue on with this kind of conversation about race and things, it could get a little uncomfortable. Um, but the only way to grow is to kind of push against your boundaries, right? You have to feel a little uncomfortable to grow. So um yeah, just like sit tight and you're going to feel uncomfortable maybe, but I need to break it down to you, you know, what's going on. But that was just an example of like what I've been doing with Mia and how you probably, actually not probably, you really should be having conversations with your kids um, about things, even if they're difficult. For example, I was watching Bridgerton and I don't know if you guys have watched Bridgerton or not. If you haven't, like spoiler alert, like stop listening to the podcast, but this isn't that much of a spoiler. Like, it's not... At one point, the one of the main characters, Daphne, is talking to her mom, um, and she's realizing she doesn't know anything about, like, intercourse, like, sex. And, you know, it's, like, the Victorian era, so they're not... They're really proper, and, like, um, they are not... You're, like, you can't do anything, and you shouldn't do anything until you're married, and all this other stuff. We get that. But Daphne is, like her mom struggles through having this conversation and um, doesn't really explain anything to her. So she doesn't know. And I never want that to be the case with my kids. Like I'd rather set them up for success and to know and not to be naive in the world. So that was just an example. If you're a Bridgerton person, oh my gosh, guys, I am obsessed. Third time watching it. Um, I can't stop. I just love it. I'm currently um, listening to the first book on Audible. That's how obsessed I am. And I'm planning a Bridgerton tea party, like a Victorian era tea party. That was a side note. But if you haven't watched Bridgerton and you're not obsessed, I'm not judging you, but you really should like hop on the train because it's really good. 
So I, as I was saying, it might get a little uncomfortable. And here's what I'm going to just say. I'm just going to talk from my perspective and from my position and like my life experience because I feel like that's the best way to share with you guys how I feel. And I did like a good amount of um, that on the other racial to- episode. However, I feel like it's time to like bring it back and just talk. So one thing that I obviously have anxiety over is um people like telling my kids like that's not your mom because as a mom think about how much you love your kids like how like basically your whole entire life like your whole entire world like looking at their little faces like they are everything and to hear someone kind of like rip that away from you is really um painful and I've never had that experience but I have had to like emotionally prepare myself in case that happens and something that you don't think about when you're getting married and falling in love and like being with your person and having kids is things like that um whereas if I was with like if I stayed in my race I probably would never have like any kind of concern about that part of life um and I never thought about that until I had kids and you know, was out in the world with my biracial children. And here's an example. So I have both of my kids' birth certificates, obviously, like, right? But um, with Mia's, for some reason, and with Elliot's, they they didn't, like, come in the mail, so we had to order them. So I, I went ahead and ordered them and got them. And um, But it took a while. Like, it took, like, a couple weeks or... Yeah, but we were without Mia's for, like, a couple like maybe a couple months and Ethan didn't understand my anxiety level about this and um he said it really broke his heart because I would be in the car and think like do I need to have my kids birth certificates on me and he's like what are you talking about and I was like one it's probably not a good idea to carry that kind of documentation with you especially in a car like cars get stolen and things like that's never happened to me but I don't know I'm always like worst case scenario like plan for whatever type of situation anyway and I'm like do I need to have their birth certificates with me and he's like why and I was like well let's say for instance I'm driving with both kids in the car and I get pulled over maybe I was speeding maybe I missed a a, a, um, a stop sign or maybe I thought I could make the yellow light and I didn't or like whatever the situation is and I get pulled over is the cop gonna think that I stole these kids? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, are they gonna take them away? And then even if they take them away for just a minute until you got down to the police station, what, what, like, I can't handle that just a minute. Can you imagine them screaming for me? And like, I went through this whole breakdown. And he was like, well, one, that would never happen. That's not a thing. People can't just take your kids out the car. Two, like you're you're you and like in that situation that wouldn't happen to you because of who you are like the way you interact with people you would be all smiley and giggly and the cop would just let you go and three that's not a thing and I was like but is it so sad that in America those are the type of fears I have and he was like okay well we have them so you don't have to worry about that but you're not driving around with your birth certificates and I was like okay you're right I don't have to do that And it's like weird little things like that, that just give me anxiety. For instance, changing my name. I'm in the process of changing my name legally. It hasn't been done before. And I was like, we have to have the same last names. We just have to because then people can never question 
that they're my kids. But if you look at them, they do look like me. Like they do look like my children. They're just like white presenting. And it's just to say, like, if you think that like race isn't a big deal or like these are things you don't have to deal with on a daily basis. Honestly, I don't have to deal with it on a daily basis either. For the most part, I'm left alone. But there are times when I'm alone with my kids where I'm just, I don't know, extra cautious, hyper aware, a little insecure. And it's just the nature of the climate that we live in, especially now. I can't tell you how many dreams I've had where I'm asleep and like the KKK shows up at our door. And Ethan's like, that's not a thing. That's not going to happen. And two, I would just answer the door. And I was like, okay, 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 that makes sense. Um, th- that's not a thing. We live in 2021. That can't just happen, can it? But it's the things like because of everything that's going on, those are the fears that I have. And then I'm crying because I'm like, I don't want my kids to live in a world that's this scary. And then I'm thinking about my ancestors. Like, I can't believe they lived in a world where those things could actually happen. Like, like those things happened to people. And so what I want to say, though, is like, if you are, are a person of color, I feel you. Um, I'm not really going through anything on a daily basis. It's all mental. But still that mental load exists, right? That the idea of I have to look good enough and pretty happy and be like, and like present myself in a certain way so that I'm not a threat. Now, here I am, 411 and a half like <laughs> little thing with my kids and I'm smiley and I'm friendly and I've never had any kind of issues ever in my life. But in 2021 all of a sudden I'm afraid and I wasn't before. And that just should say something about the where our country is going. Before maybe I was aware I had experiences in college. I knew where I lived in college. I knew like what was going on. For those who don't know, we lived really on campus. We left, we lived really close to a place where um, KKK members would often meet, and um, they did end up coming onto our campus and leaving flyers on cars and things. So yeah, it made sense to be like a little scared when I was in college. Does it make sense to be scared at 28 years old in my house or at the park or at Target? I don't know. Like I shouldn't be afraid at Target. But because of everything that's going on right now, I am. And it's sad. So if you think like things aren't a big deal or we just have to get past this, these are the types of things that, you know, I don't know if I'm the only person of color thinking about things like this, but I do. And I know that like if you have older black sons, I know you're especially afraid. And um I'm praying for you guys too. I'm praying for all of us because it's not a time and this conversation isn't supposed to be like a political divide or you're right or I'm wrong. There's there's none of that. The point is when something bad happens, are you okay, Elliot? Okay. I'm wearing him. Um, That's why you can hear him so close. He's like falling asleep. But when something bad happens to somebody, right, or something goes on, you have to stand up for it, um, for people and for and you have to acknowledge it. And like, those are the fears that I live with. And it's a scary time. You know, I pray for protection all the time. And um, maybe that's not something you've thought about. Maybe that's not something you have to do. But that's why having these conversations, so like hate isn't a thing, is important. And unfortunately, we can't control hate outside of our homes, but we can control it in our homes. And we can teach love and acceptance and the importance of standing up for your friends. Um, 
no matter what the circumstances, if little Billy's got pushed over because little Billy um, is different and has to use, you know, crutches to walk, like it's your job as your friend, as his friend to stand up for him. And it's your job if he's not your friend to stand up for him. Those are the kinds of kids I want to raise, the kinds of kids that stand up for people who are, you know, in different positions than they are. And those are the kind of kids you should want to raise too. So Anyway, I wanted to just let you guys know that you can be mad and you can be frustrated and you can hate the outcome of the election and you can like this person and not like this person or do whatever. Like, that's not what's important. What is important is that you are out in the world and you're being a good person, that you're not spewing hate. That's what's important, right? I'm not going to like you or dislike you because you are a Trump supporter, that's not my thing. Like, I, if imagine being so judged on one part of your life, solely judged on one part of your life. It's so asinine to me that people will be like, I can't be, I can't hang out with her. They're conservative. I can't hang out with her. She's liberal. That's one facet of their life. Did you also know that this person is a kindergarten teacher, that this person gardens, that they volunteer at the homeless shelter twice a month? Did you know that this person is teaching adults who never learned how to read how to read like there's so many parts of who we are as people that right now we're just been villainizing each other and villainizing the other side and looking at people you know for the one thing and that's not really fair and also everyone mind your business that's what that's how I feel right now in 2021 I'm staying in my lane I hope y'all can stay in yours like it's not my business who you voted for unless I'm having a conversation with you about that and I'm only having conversations with the people that I'm close to and I love and it's like a safe space for me and that's because it doesn't matter What I care about is, are you a good person? And you can argue that if you vote one way or the other way, you're a bad person. Well, I think that you need to stop and reflect. And sometimes it's not about good or bad. Sometimes it comes down to one policy, one issue. Um, Sometimes it comes down to not knowing enough information about the candidates for real. How many of you can say that you've sat down and done research on the person that you despise? And also, why are we so wrapped up in that? We have everyday lives to live. We have kids to raise. Like, those are, that's our calling right now, mamas. Like, that's what's important is raising these kids and making sure they are safe and they're smart and that they love others. That's my only goal. And hopefully that's your only goal, too. So I don't want to break down and get into more racial conversations, but I did have a pretty good episode if you go back in the archives, it's not in the archives, but if you go back to earlier episodes, um, there is one where I really get into it. You can listen to that. Um, I don't have much more to say about the topic, but I did want to just like say, you know, it's real. Racism is real. Race is a thing. Um, and it's important to have conversations about it. And if you have questions, if you need to talk more, if you need resources, DM me. Um, I'll be happy to speak with you further, to chat with you more, to point you in the right direction. Um, think of me as your little resource. Think of me as Google. Um, I don't have all the answers, but I'll find it. And yeah, that's what I got to say about all of that. Well, we're all in quarantine, and I just have a serious question. I need to know if I'm the only one. There are many days where we 
don't get out of our pajamas and switch into new pajamas at the end of the night. But there are many days where I switch from like loungewear. So this was me today, like leggings, a sports bra and like a tank top is what I wore around the house because I just get hot carrying the baby and wearing the baby all day. So I switched out of that into like pajama pants and it still feels like such a relief. You know that feeling when you take off your jeans and then you like put on like really comfortable pajama pants? Well, I have that feeling now, but I was wearing leggings. Like it wasn't even that big of a deal. Like quarantine has made me lazy with my wardrobe, but my loungewear game is now strong. But I realized that I have like really great loungewear. Like I got like four really cute sweatshirts. I got like a ton, like maybe like eight good loungewear outfits that I can like wear around the house during the day that are like comfy, but still cute that like if someone were to stop by, which wouldn't happen, but like people I trust, like um, one of my best friends or my mom were to stop by, I still look like relatively put together, but I'm comfy. So I have some of those, but I don't have any like out in the world outfits and when I went on my mommy date a few weeks ago I realized that I did buy a pair of high-waisted jeans from Target that are actually perfect like fit perfect feel comfortable like look pretty good but I didn't have any shirts and I didn't want to wear like a sweatshirt because I was like well I'm leaving the house I want to look cute and that's when I realized I have none of those clothes but I don't want to buy a bunch of cute winter apparel If the next time I leave the house, it's going to be spring. So I don't know what to do with my wardrobe. What are you guys doing with your wardrobe? Are you just wearing what you have and deciding not to shop again until we're out of quarantine? Or like, are you buying like a couple pieces? Like, I don't know how to shop because I don't want to buy cute outfits that are just going to sit in my closet for like a year. So before I hop off, I did just want to mention a couple things because the inauguration happened literally yesterday and it would just be silly for me to wait another week to talk about it. First of all, the outfits yesterday, I lived for them. You don't understand that immediately after watching the, well, technically after watching the president, uh, Joe Biden, walk up the, the, the stairs and go into the White House. I got online and was like, okay, I need a coat and I need a matching face mask because these ladies killed it. Like everyone looked amazing. I'm living for these outfits. It's giving me a full scandal vibe. Um, you know, scandal the TV show with Carrie Washington, Olivia Pope, like that's my show. My all-time favorite like person I want to be when I grow up is definitely Olivia Pope. Like I live for her wardrobe. Um anyway but aside from that I did just want to say and it went off like without a hitch like nothing scary happened and I think we were all like holding our breath for that so that's a good thing and now regardless of who you voted for or how you feel I hope that you are excited to have our very first woman vice president for the first time in American history a woman has broken that glass ceiling and she is vice president and that's pretty amazing and not only that she's a woman of color um so it's actually like a bit it's like a really amazing year and um 
you know, if you don't like Biden, whatever, you have to admit that it's pretty cool that for him, you know, he waited 50 years to be president and he got to be president. But aside from that, he got to be, you know, vice president to the first black man. And now he got to have his vice president be like the first woman. So in terms of American history, he has some pretty monumental moments. So we'll see what he does. We'll see how things are. Um, I'm excited to see what comes with this new chapter of our country. It's always nice to just like start fresh. It's been so stressful and tense and just like, okay, we have a new president. Let's just see how life goes. And yeah. So that's all I'm going to say about the inauguration. But man, those outfits. uh... Before we close out today, um, I did just want to share something I kind of heard and listened to earlier this week. Um, I frequently listen to like random, not even random, but just different pastors and things um, to kind of help, I don't know, figure out my life. And I was listening to Joyce Meyer this past week and she was talking about stirring yourself up and being positive, right? And how so, so often when things are hard, we focus on the negative or maybe you are just around somebody who's always complaining and maybe you're looking to other people to make you happy. Well, there's a couple of things that you can do about this. And this is one thing I'm sure with it being the beginning of the year and a lot of us in these like new year, new, new me mindsets is to think about gratitude and even if, and and what you should be grateful for. And even if you Um, are going through something bad or have walked through something bad or are walking through something bad, think about the good that you have also walked through or the good that has also come and just know good things are coming despite everything, especially with everything going on in the world this week um, and, and, and in life. Just remember that good things are going to happen to you. You have an amazing future and things may be hard, but they aren't hard forever. And that mindset has definitely gotten me through um, you know, I, I've already broken down today and cried at work because Elliot's tired and Elliot's a little fussy and he's cluster feeding. So I know he's going through a growth spurt, but it's very hard to have a baby go through a growth spurt and do anything else except for nurse. Um, and I was like crying and telling my husband, which I always do. And he never, he never gets it. This is hard. I'm tired. Um, it's hard to take care of him, take care of Mia, take care of my job and take care of myself. It's hard. And, um, just knowing, well, he's going to get through this growth spurt and settle back into his normal routine and he'll be fine. But also this is one less week of work I have. So like get it done. Yes, it's hard, um, but it will, it's coming to an end and it's nice that I have a timestamp on it, despite the fact that timestamp seems kind of far away, uh, like 11, 12 weeks. It just feels like forever, but it's not. And, um, so just remember that and I can think about times in my life where it was very hard and maybe I'll get into that um actually I know I'll get into that but not on on the podcast on a different platform that I'll share with you guys later but um there were times that were really 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 hard and like this is definitely a hard time as well but I can see where I've been I have a clear path of where I'm going. And even if I don't have all the answers, I know that, you know, good things are to come. And that's a reminder to you as well, despite everything going on in life and the world and this week and at home and the chaos is that good things are to come. Your life has a story, it has a purpose, there's a meaning, and there's always a reason for your dark times. Okay. I love you all. And I am going to just end the podcast here for this week. 
I will talk to you guys next week. Be safe. Be blessed. I love you. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify so that you can be updated every time there's an episode. Um, And don't forget to leave me a five-star review on um, Apple Podcasts. Please write me a review, comment, send me a DM. I want to know if you guys are liking what I'm talking about, if you have suggestions for what to talk about, if there's anything you want to talk about. So like, please, please, please. All right. Love you all. Be safe. Bye.